Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Babakama Kufya Dalid, Babakama 114a, pagination is 227. We're starting from the middle of the Mishnah, so we're in the smaller lines, the last two lines of the small lines. There are a number of cases that are brought here where a person owned something, and then, because it was stolen from him, there comes a point where he might be meyayish, actually give up hope on retrieving the item. And the halacha in such a case is that the person who stole it is certainly still obligated to make restitution. However, the person who now bought it from the thief, after they've already given up, that person is allowed to keep it, the ruling of Harei Elu Shalo, it's indeed his. Now, there are indeed all kinds of restrictions about buying from a thief, not to reinforce the bad behavior, lots of considerations, but at a certain point, it is indeed the purchaser. We have the flip side concern called Takonas Hashuk that no one would be willing to buy anything if they never know if it might get taken away from them because it really has a previous owner after someone traces back and finds out it was once stolen goods. <clears throat> so we have a concept, Tare'elu Shalo, the Mishnah continues. V'chein nechil shel And also, a swarm of bees... A swarm of bees is a fascinating concept. What level of ownership does a person have on a swarm of bees? Where did he do his kinyan, his act of acquisition? They are <laughs> operating to the tune of their own drummer, so to speak. But a person benefits by having the honey that's generated by the colony. What exactly is the level of ownership of a person on a nechil shall devote him. Now, if you're wondering about translating this word nechil shall devote him, devote him are bees, what is a nechil? So Rashi tells us giyura. Now, if you're not familiar with his translation, doesn't help you, so there is an interesting tool called the Metar game, which is printed in the Gemaras. I found it on page 28 in the back, right behind the Marsha. And the Metar game tells us that Giyura, the word that Rashi is using, means, <clears throat> generally he switches it to Yiddish, or a more common Hebrew, so he translates it as a Swarm, a swarm of bees. He also says it's a hamon, a multitude, or <clears throat> the cutest, adas devorim. Probably literal translation would be the congregation of bees. We would call that a colony. So again, vechenechil shall devorim. A swarm of bees, imnisyashu, if the owner gave up hope, they relocated to a different field, and the owner gave up hope, the new 
host will now be considered the owner. Now, Nechil Shel Devodim is one of the items listed as a Kenyan Dirabonon. It's only of a rabbinic nature because intrinsically he never really acquired them. He didn't pick each one up or something to make a Kenyan. In Simon Shin Ayin, in Choshen Mishpat, we have, for example, in Sif Dalid, Hapuris Mitsuda, a person who spreads a trap, She'en la beis kibul, that does not have an area in which the animal or bird is going to actually be trapped. There's no actual area that's mekabel, that accepts the animal. It's not a cage that the animal is now in your rishus. It's a method, whatever type of trap the person has, a rope that suddenly gets tight when someone steps in it or something. So that's an example of if someone else would take it from this person's trap, that would be theft of a rabbinic level. It's not a de'oraisa because technically the guy never made a kinyan. The Ramah says, If it would have an act of acquisition, it would have a place. It's in the chotzer of the person who owns the trap. Indeed, that would be considered theft from Torah law. But if technically he never made a Kenyan, so then it's only rabbinic, but it is rabbinic. They made that legislation. Likewise, in Sifhei, Oni Amanakif Barosh a poor person who's coming around after the harvest and he's allowed to take the things that were forgotten. And the way you get olives is by knocking them off the tree. So he climbed up the tree and he's knocking them down. He has not yet handled them physically. He didn't pick them up yet. They're on the floor. He's up there. But that's the method in which this thing is harvested. If someone else would take the olives that he knocked down for himself, that would be rabbinic level of theft. The Ramah adds, if it already reached his hands, that's regular theft. Even though he's getting it from the poor tithe, but once he gets it, it's his. Finally, Sivvav, our topic, Hagozel Nechil Devorim, a person who steals a colony of bees. Oshemon Am Mibailov, in Baulirishuso, or he restrained the owner from retrieving them from his area, meaning our case, the colony relocated, but here the owner is trying to retrieve them, as we'll see a moment in a moment in the Mishnah, that's rabbinic theft. It's not the Oraisa, he doesn't have a Kenyan on the swarm, he doesn't own them, but on the level of society, of culture, of the way things run, the Rabbanon gave him that level of ownership that Midrabanon, he owns them. So again, going back to our Mishnah, a Nechil shall devote him that he gave up on, the new owner keeps them. 
Om Rabbi Yechinen ben Broka. Rabbi Yechinen ben Broka says, Ne'emenes isha okatan loma mekan yatsa nechilzeh. A woman or an underage person, a katan, <coughs> would be believed when they say that this swarm, this colony came from here. And that would validate the person's claim that it's indeed his colony. Under normal conditions, a woman or a child are not accepted for formal testimony. In Besdin nowadays, we take their words into account, certainly, but in formal testimony with fully cross-examination, neither are accepted. But in this case, their words anecdotally, Mesiach Lefitumo, in a conversation, would be trusted. And there are certain parameters that have to be met that it becomes clear to us that indeed this is the colony of this person, and then we would allow him to retrieve it. He's allowed to go into the field of his friend, to retrieve his colony. Whatever strategy he's going to use, we just recommend he does so carefully. And if in the process he does damage to the host's field, he's going to have to pay what he damaged. The first opinion says he's not allowed to cut off a branch. Understanding that he's going to repay him for the loss of the branch, but he's not allowed to do that according to the first opinion. He would want to do that because it's much easier to retrieve the colony. They all stick together if they already embedded themselves in the hollow of a tree, let's say, then if he would cut that branch, he could move it directly in its entirety back to his place, but the Tanakama does not allow that. The second opinion is that he is allowed to do such a thing, and he would pay for the damage that he's removing the branch, but that is a legitimate way to retrieve his swarm. These two opinions are indeed brought in Simon Reish Ayin Dalid in the Ramah, where the Ramah writes, Yesh Omrim, there are those that say, that you are allowed to cut off the branch in order to retrieve the colony, and there are those who argue. And there's additional discussion to bring it to the very practical, but these two shitos of the Mishnah are indeed codified in Shulchan Aruch for discussion. Yashikolach, thank you for joining.